touch. Amen. Thank God for his goodness towards us. Praise God. Well, we want to get in our discipleship lesson again this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness to the house of God, to all the things you do. Amen. We've been talking from Second John. Amen. And uh, keeping in mind our four reasons. Amen. That you are increasing your, adding to your faith. Your joy is flowing over now. Your joy is strong and flowing deep within. Amen. Just remember that we're being guarded against sin. We're being guarded against false doctrine. We are being strengthened in our faith. And we're going to heaven. <laughs> we're going to a new place. We're going to a city where the Lamb is the light and there'll be no more night. Amen. Praise God. We're excited about that. And John John talks to us here in this second epistle. And you see this theme is running also back in the Gospels. If you were to go back and look at the Gospels, you're going to find that the same theme John is running in those four ways. Amen. And so... We see here that John tell us whosoever transgress and bide not in the doctrine of Christ, they have not God. So we know that once we are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins, and we are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we are to go on to perfection. We are to get complete in this thing. We've got to make up our mind. As Jesus said there in John 17, I mean Luke 17, settle it in your, in your mind. Settle it in your heart. Amen. That you're going to serve. That no matter what comes your way, nothing is going to move you from serving God and, and living for God. You, you've got to make up your mind in this thing. And that's the problem is a lot of people has not made up their mind uh, that they want to be a Christian. Amen. They think it's just check a block and that's it. No, you have to make up your mind that you're going to be a Christian. You're going to serve God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength so that you can move forward. So John is telling us here. Now, we have seen that Paul right in the Titus in Titus chapter 2, verse 10, he says we are to adorn or put on the doctrine of God. We have got to get this thing in us. We've got to wear this doctrine, this truth. Amen. The basic fundamental doctrine is the repentance and water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The infilling the Holy Ghost with the initial signs of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give to utterance and to live a holy and separated life. Amen. We, we've got to learn how to wear this thing. We know that Paul tells us that the doctrine will save us. And so we if something is going to save me, then I've got to have it with me. I've got to put it on. It's kind of like having a life preserver, if you want to put it that way. So we've got to adorn this stuff. Amen. Well, Jesus says to the disciples uh, there in the end of Matthew chapter 28, uh, he says, All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Go you therefore and baptize all nations, uh, teaching all nations, baptize baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things which I have commanded you. See, so the disciples, once they went out, they were to continue to teach the same thing that God had taught them. 
Jesus had explained to them who he was. That's the first and most important thing is to know who God is. We need to have that understanding in our lives. That's why Paul tell Timothy, if I tarry long, that thou should know how you ought to act in the house of God. He says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up into glory. So the the teachings of God, excuse me, and the teaching of the disciples must be the same thing that we teach and the same thing that we live. We have to obey the word of God. Excuse me. So if Jesus tell us that the truth will make me free, then what do I need to do? I've got to stay in the truth. I can't go away from the truth. The word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth, John seventeen seventeen. So I need to have my loins, as Paul says, girded about with the truth. It's what holds me. You know, it's kind of like a belt. <laughs> Excuse me. It's kind of like having a belt on to protect you. Excuse me. It's like having a belt on to hold your pants up. <laughs> and maybe we should go get a, a bunch of Bibles and give the people that's sagging around here, you know, <laughs> and, and to get them be able to hold their pants up. But the, but the, but you know, the, we we need to be able to have something that secure us, and that's what truth does. See, when we're standing on the truth of God's Word, when we're holding to the truth of God's Word, the things that are written for or is written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, will have hope. See, doctrine is truth. It is proven to work. It proves to let you know that this is what you need to do to be successful. Amen. We have to train to the doctrine. I can't just train any way that I want to train. See, I have to train you and teach you and show you what's here. Because this is what's going to protect you once you go out of here. The battlefield is out there. It's not in here. We're not, we're fighting against flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers and rulers of the dark places outside of here. See, you're pretty safe in here. Amen. But once you get out there and you're alone and you're having to walk alone, see, then it's then that you need to understand the truth. It's there that you need to know how to protect yourself and to defend yourself against the wiles of the devil that's coming against you. The arrows are going to be heralded. The enemy's going to throw darts at you, you know, and they come in all kinds of shape, forms, and fashion. You know, and, and some of them is designed to just wound you. Some of them is designed to just kill you. See, so you have to be able to protect yourself. And this is what doctrine does. It, it girds you about. Amen. It protects you. So we have to have our loins girded about with truth. We've got to have on the breastplate of righteousness. 
we got to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We've got to take above all things the shield of faith so that we can quench every fire dart of the wicked in the heaven of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. And the word of God, amen, to fight with. So we've seen that doctrine, as I've said, it directs us. It shows you what you need to do. It directs you into more truth and open your understanding, as we've already seen. Doctrine, open our understanding to what God has said. It, it gives us clear understanding so we understand the word of God. How it applies to our lives. This is what God desires us. So we want our understanding open here. Praise the Lord. Amen. As we have seen in Luke 10, that when the lawyer asked Jesus about which was the greatest commandment, he gave him understanding. He opened his understanding. And so the same thing is for you and I. If you notice at the end of each one of the things that Jesus says to him, he tell him to go do likewise because it's designed to protect you. So the doctrine will open your understanding. Doctrine covers the things. Number three, doctrine covers the thing that you should be, you should know, and you should do. To be, know, and do. What should a Christian be? What should a child of God know? What should a child of God do? We have to have these things in our sight and in our mind. So biblical doctrine covers what a true Christian truly is. Amen. It teaches you how to develop character. It teaches you what is values. It teaches you beliefs here. Praise God. Ephesians 4. Let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 21 through 32. If so be that you have heard him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Notice that passage right there. That the truth is in Jesus. That's why Jesus says, if the Son shall make you free... You're free indeed. But in John 8.32, he says, If you continue in my word, then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And 36, If the truth therefore shall make you free, then you shall be free indeed. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word became flesh. And it dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. So the word, amen, the truth is in Jesus. John 6, uh, I mean, John 14, 6. I am what? The way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Amen. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. You've got to go through him to get to the kingdom. Amen. Because he's the door to the sheepfold. You can't get in no other way. That's why you have to be baptized in Jesus' name. You can't get in in any way. Amen. When the Lord told Noah to build the ark, what happens? There was one door and the side of that ark. Amen. Everything that went in had to go through that door. 
You couldn't get in in any other way. And once he shut the door, there was no more getting in. Amen. Jesus says, I have set before you an open door. And no man can shut it. So while the door is open, (laughs) you need to come on in. Amen. Because one day the door is going to shut. You remember the story of the ten virgins in Matthew 25. Five was wise and five was foolish. When the five foolish came back, what was happened? The door was shut. They couldn't get in. So Jesus says here in in Ephesians, I mean, Paul writes in Ephesians 4.21 that, you know, that you have heard of him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Now notice this, that you put off concerning the former conversation or the former behavior of the old man. See, this is what doctrine, biblical doctrine do. Once you understand, when you come into this, you've got to realize, okay, I buried the old guy. He's done. I'm finished with him. You can't keep bringing him up. You can't keep doing the same wrong things and expect to get a good reward. There's consequences to wrong. This is why Paul tells the church at Corinth, know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He says, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor idolaters, nor effeminates, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Then notice what he says, such were some of you. But what happened? You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful to me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any of them. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 14. You got realized you got rid of the old guy. You're not the old person. You've been taught by God. His word. You remember what the Lord says in Isaiah 55. Amen. As the snow and rain comes down from heaven... And watereth the earth, and turn not thither, but maketh it the bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be, which goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish whereunto I sent, and shall prosper into the things that I desire. Amen. So God's word, we've been taught by God, His word. Because He is the truth. He's the living word. Say. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions and righteousness, that the man of God shall be complete or perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So we understand here. So if we have put on, I mean, put away the former conversation on behavior, the old guy, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, Paul says here in Ephesians 4. You got to, you can't think the same old way. Amen. Notice there in Ephesians 4, 21 through 20, uh, 32. Notice here. Amen. Renew your mind. Renew the way you think. That's what doctrine does. It causes you to think anew. It caused you to look and say, oh, wait a minute. What do I need to be? 
What do I need to know? What do I need to do? That's what doctrine is so important to you. Because it's going to reveal to you what you're supposed to be in God. It's going to show you what you need to know in God. It's going to tell you what you need to do. That's what it's going to do for you. That's why it's so important. This is why Paul tells Timothy, continue in the doctrine. Neglect not the doctrine. It's important. Amen. And he said, we have to renew our mind. And Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable God, which is a reasonable servant. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by renewing of your mind. You can't think the same old way. Because if you think the same old way, you're going to get the same old results. See, so you have to renew your mind, the spirit of your mind. It starts in the mind. It starts in your mind, the way you think. Amen. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in what? Righteousness and true holiness. So now is telling us, the doctrine is telling us that we've got to learn how to do what is right. I need to know what is right versus what is wrong. So now I got to reach way back into the law and bring up some wisdom. <laughs> you know, all wisdom is is knowing how to understand something and, and to know it and how it applies. That's all wisdom is. You have to understand what you're doing. You ask people all the time. You ever ask your kids, why do you do that? I don't know. So you just do something just to be doing it? Everybody else is doing it. <laughs> Does that make it right? No. You need to know why you're doing what you're doing. Why'd you come to church this morning? <laughs> See, you need to know why you're doing what you're doing. I would hope you came because you love God. Yeah. That's, that's the most important thing. Because I love the Lord. Put on the new man. See, can people see the new man? Can people see the change in you? See, when you start wearing doctrine, believe me, they're going to see the change. Because your character is going to be the first thing that starts changing. The way you look, the way you act, your conduct. Because what doctrine does is you, you may have been had an anger problem. And people know you have an anger problem. But I guarantee you, you put on the doctrine, it's going to deal with that anger problem. Because you're going to start seeing that I'm wrong to be angry. I'm wrong to yell and scream and holler and all that stuff. It It will. It will change you. If Christ is in you, then love is going to flow out of you. Peace is going to flow out of you. Joy is going to flow out of you. The things of God is coming out. What's inside is going to radiate outside. And remember we said last week, we, we have to learn how we're going to make this doctrine beautiful so that the world and people will see Christ in us, the hope of glory. People are hurting. 
People are going through things in their lives. And they need to see where the answer to their situation is and their life is. Amen. And that's why you have been chosen, as Mordecai told Esther, who knoweth whether or not you've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. While everybody else is fearing of the pandemic, how you know that God has not brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this to show the truth of God's way so that people can come out of darkness to the marvelous light. Praise God. So we want to put on the new man which is created in righteousness and true holiness because Jesus is, is holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Wherefore, put away lying. I guarantee you, you, you start living doctrine and wearing doctrine. See, don't you get stop lying. It'll do it. Amen. Because the word is going to accomplish what God is sending it to do. I'm telling you, it's going to fulfill its purpose. Amen. Pretty soon you'll be like me when I first got saved. I went to chew out a soldier so bad. I was so mad with that soldier. All the thing I could do was holler hallelujah. It'll change you. For a few weeks later, man, it would have been all kinds of other words, you know. But thank God for the hallelujah side. <laughs> Amen. So speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor working with his hands the things which is good. That he may have to give to them that need it. Let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use to the edifying. That it may minister grace unto the hearer. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with you with all malice. And be ye kind one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake forgave you. So once we adorn ourselves with the gospel or the doctrine of God, we're going to see how important the golden rule is to do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Paul goes on in Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 21. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. And honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patience in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not, rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep, be of the same mind one towards another, mind not high things, but condense to men of low estate, be not wise in your own conceit. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hungry, hunger, excuse me, feed him. If he be thirsty, give him drink. If so, and for in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. But 
and be not overcome with of evil, but overcome evil of good. Notice the teachings here. It's causing you to do what? Change the way you think. Change your mind. Most of us with our enemies, that last part, what would, what would we have did before? Give him something to drink? Yeah, I probably would have. Gave him something to take him out. Feed him? Yeah, I probably would. Uh, something to, so he could eat and get out of my life, right? But you see how it goes? It doesn't pass the common sense test to us. If we're in the flesh, so for to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. See, it doesn't make sense when you stop and think about it. That's just why they call you to change the way you think. That's why the Lord, when he was training his disciples, you know, they was all off the map, you know, Trying to figure this stuff out. You remember when Jesus said there in John, I think it's John 6, when he says to the disciples, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. They went, whoa, man, this guy's lost his mind. Nobody going to eat your flesh and drink your blood. And the Bible says from that moment, many of his disciples went away and walked no more with him. And he turned to the twelve and said, will you go away also? And Simon Peter says, Lord, where are we going? You've got the words of eternal life, and we're persuaded that you're the Son of God. See, when we don't understand the doctrine, when we don't understand the teaching, and we haven't changed our minds to understand what God is trying to show us, We can get confused and quit and walk away because it doesn't make sense to give your enemy something to drink, to give your enemy food to eat. You're saying, he hates me, she hates me. Why am I going to do anything for them? But God's ways are not our ways. He may be using you to reach them. Notice what he said, you're going to heap coals of fire upon their heads. See, and and treat your enemies, you know they hate you, but yet you're going to give them something to eat. It's going to change the way they see things. It'll make all the difference in the world. Praise God. So we have to put on the new man. It'll make all the difference. James 3, James 3, 13 through 18. Who is a wise man and doeth knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if we have bitter envy and strife in our hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceably gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace to them that make peace. See, we're the children of peace. Amen. And so because we belong to God and he's the prince of peace, that makes us the children of peace. And so therefore we need to what? 
and let the fruit of righteousness be sown in peace. Sow a seed of kindness. Sow a seed of love. Do what is right. Amen. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Amen. But we have to change the way we think. And that's what doctrine does. Amen. It causes you to see who you are. What did James say? If we look unto the perfect law of liberty and and continue therein and be not a forgetful hearer of the word, but a doer, our deeds would be blessed. See, so this doctrine covers, amen, the things you need to be, the things you need to know, and the things you need to do. See, when it shows me, as, as I have just read these passages, we should already have picked up on some things here. What we ought to be doing, what we ought to know, and what we ought to be doing. See, so I have to ask myself, am I doing it? Let us hear the whole conclusion of the whole matter, Solomon says there in Ecclesiastes 12. Amen. What's the conclusion of the whole matter? Huh? What? I can't hear you. Someone shout it out. <laughs> What's the conclusion of the whole matter? A little bit louder. There you go. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Amen. Fear God. Keep his commandments. Respect God. Keep his commandments. See, you remember what Jesus says in the end of Matthew 28, 20? Teaching them to observe all things which soever I have commanded you. See, you've, he's commanded us to do some things. That's why we got to be what he's asking us to be. That's why we have to know what he wants us to know. That's why we've got to do what he's asking of us to do. Go teach. Amen. Notice these scriptures we just read. We've got to put on the new man. I can't be the same old person. My life must now reflect him. I must now change my thinking, my way, my actions, my conduct, my character. Everything in God should be coming out of me. Remember what Jesus says in John 15. I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. But every branch in me that beareth fruit, he purges it. So he brings forth more fruit. The start with God is saying to you, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt to start with. Because you've been so used by the world's ways and the world's standard to hate people that treat you wrong. You've been taught to do unto them as they do to you. Amen. Treat them the same way they treat you. That's what the world says. You know, the the way the world thinks and the way we've been trained by the world's standard and the world's ways is contrary to God's ways. 
That's why when you ask to do something a lot of times and change the way you're doing things, it hurts. You go, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. It's painful sometimes. How many times you've seen people say, I'm not washing people's feet. You know, that's what they say. People skip church for foot washing service. But do you know the doctrine of foot washing? It's to teach you humility. That's all it is. Because God wants you to be humble. He don't want you to have pride in your life because he hates pride. See, so he wants to deliver you out of it. That's why it's painful to start with. But once you understand the doctrine and you understand who, what you're doing and how it is to apply to your life and what purpose is to save you, then it becomes pretty easy to start doing these things. See, so you got to change the way you think. It don't pass the common sense test. And that's why we're taught to walk by faith and not by sight. <laughs> Amen. So when Jesus says to them, are you going to go away also? All he was saying, look, guys, if you don't have communion with me, if you don't sit down and have communion, that's all he said when he was saying, eat my flesh and drink my blood. That's, that's just having communion with Christ. Come and spend some time with me. That's all, that's all he's trying to teach them. But they failed to understand. But see, we must know these things and how it applies. I've got to keep my relationship with God. So who's wise, James says, and endure with knowledge? You have knowledge. See, that's why you got to know. Knowledge is power, they say. By the truth, sell it not. Get wisdom. Get knowledge. Get understanding. Amen. Hold to it. Amen. James says, you know, if you have bitter and envy and strife in your heart, he said, don't be glorying about that. He said, that don't come from God. That's from the devil. You know? So you got to see how you got to change what you think? Believe me. I mean, it doesn't pass the common sense test sometimes. But you'll get it. You'll get it. When you start wearing the doctrine, when you start obeying the doctrine, when you start doing what it says, you'll get it. it it'll, it'll start enlightening you. Amen. Paul right into the church at Galatians in the fifth chapter. Galatians five thirteen through 26. For brethren, you have been called to liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another... Take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. 
and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelance, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. Notice, if we live in the Spirit, let's walk in the Spirit. Let's put it on. Let's wear it. Amen. Let the Holy Ghost, the things that come from the Holy Ghost, be seen in your life. Not the flesh. You're no longer in the flesh. You're in the Spirit. Yeah, I know you're in the flesh here, but you're supposed to have it subdued. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I have to insulate myself from the ways of thinking of the world, like the world. And I've got to live the way the Spirit wants me to live. The way God has commanded me to live. Because that's my life now. That's why doctrine saves me. That's why doctrine protects me. So I have to make sure that I'm doing what God is asking of me to do according to His Word. So doctrine covers, amen, those things I should be, those things I should know, and those things that I should do. Amen. And we're going to have to bring the ship into port this morning, for, amen, for the discipleship lesson. Amen. But keep it in mind, that's what today's lesson we're covering here is the, the doctrine and how it covers us. Amen. To teach us that what to be, know, and to do. Amen. We want to be true Christians. We want to know how to be Christians. We want to do what a Christian is supposed to do. Amen. Because that's what God desires and that's the purpose of his word and his doctrine. Amen. Father, thank you again this morning for your word. We're asking you to bless this hour, oh God. Thank you for your people and the sound of my voice, God, as we continue to study your doctrine and the ways that you would desire us to live, to be, to know, and to do. God, have mercy upon us and let your love and spirit be over your people. Touch them in every place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take a small break. Amen.